0: One round down and three to go. The Phoenix Suns winning their first round series against the New Orleans Pelicans. 115-109 in Game 6. Another road clincher as Chris Paul is perfect. We'll break down the game and what we learned from this series. Coming up on today's Locked On Suns.
1: You are Locked On
0: Suns. Your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credential media member covering the Suns for the past five seasons and a contributor at suns.com and dime magazine. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen today and every day. Granted, uh, I, I, I don't think it was too hard to click play today because the Suns won finally. Two straight wins. Somebody was able to string together some momentum in this series. They come away with a road clincher yet again. Uh, 115-109 over the Pelicans. Aaron Edwards is back to recap the game. He is a writer at All Caps NBA. Aaron, is this the best game you've ever seen Chris Paul play in a son's uniform?
1: Yeah, um, there was that game against – the closeout game against Denver. That was one of probably, like, the greatest games I've ever seen, I think. But I think he had, like, 40 and, like – it was, like, a 40-point closer. And that game was insane, too. But this one, he was just steady and amazing from start to finish. He came out aggressive, and he finished aggressive. And he never really gets to do that.
0: Yeah, he – It surprised me, honestly. We'll talk about Booker in the second segment because I think that's a more long-term conversation now that this series is over and he has some time to rest. But I felt like if you were bringing Booker back, it was going to be so he can get you started and get you finished, right? And he kind of did that last part, not so much the first part. I think he only had two points in that first quarter. And it it was just Chris. And it felt, honestly, despite Booker being back, it felt like game three in a lot of ways it was just you know matching the intensity New Orleans doesn't necessarily go away but it's just Aiton and and Paul just taking it home and yeah we've seen I mean I think the way you put it is is basically perfect because I mean I think what this is is it was close out Chris Paul right I mean he he knew this game mattered It's kind of hilarious to think that going in, I I actually did a segment on my preview for this game of like, are Pelicans fans right that Chris Paul is like, something's up. Like, is he tired? Is he hurt? Whatever. He made us all look like idiots forever doubting him.
1: Yeah. He usually waits it out. And I think like since he's about to be 37, it takes a lot longer for him to like do that. So if anything in this playoffs, like he might have to just start getting started a lot faster. Because I feel like if he misses like his first two shots, he's like, all right, I'll wait till the fourth. And if we're down, he never gets those shots back. (laughs) So it turns into like a weird stat line of him getting like seven shots and he looks crazy because he didn't shoot because he missed his first two. And I think once he starts, yeah. And when he starts off aggressive without doing that, then it's a lot like his stat line looks a lot better and it just looks smoother. Like even if he is cold, it just looks better when he gets his shots up early.
0: Yeah, he had thirty-seven and seven in Game Four against Denver last year. He had, I believe, forty-one against the Clippers with eight assists. So this is what happens. I mean, uh, you know, Round One last year, I'll give him, I'll give him a, a pass on because he was <laughs> playing one, one armed. But like, this is what he does. So he was fourteen of fourteen from the field. I was not exaggerating when I said he was perfect. Uh, I am sure he'll be uh, acknowledging the three turnovers because he's a, a sicko, but um plus yeah, I saw in the interview and,
1: um did he with say it book right now yeah book said he owes him 100 dollars. they did their interview together and book was like you owe me 100 i just saw the three turnovers so they they look at those parts
0: <laughs> oh yeah they do they do crystal chris is the guy who like even during the regular season like it's a it's a Suns win by 20 chris has like 15 and 12 and he's like yeah two turnovers though so <laughs> you know he he's he's crazy but like this was this was about as good as it gets. I mean, I think I saw Sham's tweet that uh, it's the most point, uh, most consecutive field goals in a playoff game without a miss, and uh, he just he just attacked. He he knew he was gonna have to. He had probably heard the noise, the noise that uh you know five ten Jose Alvarado was in his head or something, and decided to <laughs> to put that in its place a little bit, but. I thought this series with Booker out was going to come down to pick and roll. I did not think we would get this from DeAndre Ayton, though. I thought we could get this from Chris Paul. I I would not have expected this from Ayton. I mean, I just asked you if this is the best game we've ever seen Chris Paul play. I don't know if this is the best game Ayton has ever played, because it probably wasn't even the best game in the series. I think game three was better. But he's, he's hit the ground running in these playoffs insanely. Like... He was good in that first round against the Lakers, but it was really in the flow of the offense, yeah. <laughs> and it was like energy and like rebounding and all that. Considering having to handle Valanciunas and Nance and do what he's doing offensively, he's uh, he's he's all. I mean, everybody's taking their game up to another level. It feels like, but Aiton's at the top of that list.
1: Yeah, like I never like I never considered what the. Like, peak was for him because I just didn't know what kind of player he was. And now he's really just like one of those David Robinson's dudes, like, especially this playoff series. Like, you can get him the ball with the shot clock going down. And I used to be like, oh no. Like, last year, I'd be like, it's six seconds left in the shot clock, and Aiden's got to do something with it. And I would get nervous. Now, if he's at the free throw line and the clock's going down, I'm pretty comfortable with him having the rock and that is just a new gear for him in this playoff series and he talked about it like at the end of the season he was just trying to like the last season uh the last series it wasn't enough bigs and you could tell it wore him down because they needed him to play those minutes and you can tell he's way comfortable with having backup centers now and he can just play it like play himself now like he can play comfortably he doesn't have to worry about foul trouble he can play his game offensively and you can see it on the floor like he's just way more comfortable now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He has that floater that he can get off really quick. He it's almost I think the lesson he's learned about his mid range jumper is like just throw it up there. Like when he doesn't think it seems like it's better for him. Yeah, <laughs> and he's just he's just a, a scorer in a way that he wasn't last season. I mean, I think that's plain and simple. Like he's not just getting his buckets on, you know, lob finishes and putbacks and and that type of thing, which. He did plenty of last year, but just having him as an outlet that you can give the ball to in those moments like you're saying where it's just like, hey, we don't have anything right now. Figure it out. You're seven feet tall and you're you know closest to the basket. Like That sounds simple, <laughs> but that's a lot of what's going on. And then uh, handling Valanchunas. I mean, to, to do it in this game where Valanchunas was a, a team worse minus 16, he only has eight rebounds, he doesn't get to the free throw line at all, he was quiet in this one and and he needed to be now Nance picked it up a bit. It was one of Nance's better games, but uh, you know, without Aiton doing both playing both ends, like they don't win this game and and they probably have a lot harder time winning this series.
1: Yeah. I just think in general, if if there's a free flowing game, other than the Warriors, I just think a free flowing basketball game without any stops and the reps are really kind of staying out of it. The Suns have an advantage like on both sides. If you call it the same way, both ways, like, if you don't want to call the fouls and just let a free-flowing basketball game played, the Suns and the Warriors are probably the best team left. Like, they love free-flowing basketball. They don't want the ball to get stopped either, even if it's for them getting fouled. And I just think today was probably the smoothest games of the series so far, both sides. Like, it was a couple free throws, but I think at one point in the third, it was like – 12 free throws to like seven or something like the suns will take that if it's that close and you're not getting 20 like that's just the type of game they want played. play
0: yeah and you can tell because the game actually ended in the amount of time a basketball game is supposed to end <laughs> these games have been like three hours and this one was like two hours and 20 minutes on the note of that which was all great points uh i was listening on the radio at the very beginning because i was coming back from uh erin i had to run and i missed the very beginning Tim Kempton on that radio broadcast had it out for, I don't even remember the ref's name, like whoever, it wasn't the main guy. Cause I think Tony brothers was like the crew chief yeah. or whatever. It was uh Tyler Ford and he was going at this guy by name. I'm like, I don't even know who <laughs> Tyler Ford is before today, but he was like, he's like, Bloomer, I told you going in, I w- we were riding on the bus together and I told, what did I tell you? Tyler Ford was going to be the one with his whistle in his mouth more than any other person in this entire building. I was like, good grief, Tim <laughs> <Clinton's
1: think> he- <laughs> about to get fined. I think people were saying he ejected Book last year or this year or something. And okay. so, like, he he was, like, on the Suns' hit list already. But I guess, like, he was, like... The most obscure possible yeah. referee. <laughs> like, if I don't know a ref, then it's just, like, I know brothers. And, of course, I know Scott Foster. And, like, the yeah. rest of them, they're just them. But they were, yeah. they, like, since, as, since this morning, they had it out for him. So I was like, all right, I guess this dude's going to be an issue. But he called a smooth game, so I wasn't really stressing. <laughs> That's funny.
0: Okay, I I didn't see all that going in. I guess Tim Kempton's on Sun's Twitter too, but I like I like having the list. I like having the uh, the, you know, the momentum. We'll talk about the Jay Crowder shirts. I don't want people to feel like we missed that. It's yeah. just we have to celebrate the good. I mean, Chris Paul earned the attention in the first segment of the show. We need to give the guy his flowers, but we will not miss the Jay Crowder shirts. If you have a plug, Aaron and I will give you our email <laughs> or our addresses or whatever it's going to take to get some of those. But uh, let's transition into Booker because he did come back. He he did the from out to questionable to playing thing that is apparently just sort of what the NBA does now. And he was out there. I, I don't know if it was great or bad or, or anything else, but we'll talk about it. So let's get into that. Just like first of guys, today's show brought to you by Bill Bar the best tasting protein bar in the world, my favorite protein bar, the best snack in the world frankly, and Built just actually announced a new granola bar which feels uh pretty cool to me because I mostly hate granola bars cuz they're just packed with sugar, they're like a candy bar that they try to trick you into thinking is healthy and it's not. But Built, of course, when it's from them, it's going to be actually healthy because what they do is they pack 15 to 20 grams of protein in every single bar that they make. They are advertising the granola has 15 right here on their website and they're going to limit the sugar, limit the calories. So you're not going to even crack five grams of sugar. You're never going to crack more than 200 calories, Uh, but really that's on the high end. Most of them are less than 150 and they have a delicious flavor for everybody. So on the granola side, I'm already looking here, chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, white chocolate berry, delicious, delicious stuff there. And then on the Normal classic bar side, you have banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and so many more. They're all delicious new flavors coming out all the time, new products coming out all the time. So go to belt.com guys, check the promo code, use the promo code, sorry, LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. 32 minutes for Booker in his return, Aaron, and I thought that was probably the more surprising thing to me <laughs> than anything. Because, frankly, he looked like a guy who had taken some jumpers and and jogged some laps at times in this game. Like, it didn't feel like he was, like, capital R ready to go. He didn't hurt the team, in my opinion, but I guess close it out now. You get some time to rest, and that's what their mission was, and they did that. What did you think?
1: Yeah, I think just the fact that they still put Herb Jones on him said enough for me, like, they still wasted a body on the dude, and I don't think, like, he didn't get his first free throw till the fourth quarter, so I honestly think he was scared to push off, like, go to the rim and really go for it. He sprinted a couple times, like, I think on a Jackson Hayes um, fast break, he, like, tried to burst a little, and I was a little worried on that, too, but I just think he was scared to try to get to the rim because he still is the only guy on our team that really gets free throws. So, yeah. like, the fact that he wasn't going to the rim, I don't think he tried a single layup today. Like, he stayed in the mid-range. If he got somebody on his hip or on his back, he would pull up. But he wasn't really as aggressive. And you could tell that was just the hand me talking. Like, you could tell he hasn't done that at practice. Like, burst off and try to get past somebody and get to the rim. So, I'm shocked he played 32 minutes. Like, he was the best role player of all time today. <laughs> because at the end, they left him wide open. Uh, doubling yeah. cb3 and even with the bad hammy book just has one of those smoothest jumpers in the league and to just leave him there it was just like a kind of just brain slip up that they just kind of doubled cb3 and left booker sitting there by himself so i think he played yeah. well considering he wasn't really comfortable with his body yet
0: yeah corner three at the end there in the fourth quarter last couple of minutes was a big one just to really cement that lead and I guess like I'll be a little bit of a homer here because to me, this kind of showed like how this series might've looked if Booker never gets hurt. Cause like,
1: he barely, <laughs> even gonna needed say to,
0: <laughs> he barely needed to do anything in this game and they won pretty handily. Like they were, you know, I, I won't say handily. They were down at 10 at the half yeah. in the second half. They kicked, they kicked ass, right? Like, and that's when he sort of picked it up a little bit. I think he had a le- I think he only had two points in the entire first half, and he has double digits in the second half and all that. Um, Chris Paul obviously did most of his yeah. damage in that second half as well. Like, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend think... like, you know, it's a sweep or anything. Yeah. This team, we'll talk about it in the last segment, but this this team proved a lot. Like, the Pelicans were way more of, a, of an opponent than I was expecting them to be at all. But it's like Booker can be 5 of 12, and, and you win by you know, you dominate the second half win by six. Like, what if he's healthy? What if he never has that hamstring thing and he plays like he did in game two all, all series? Like, yeah, what do I you think? I, like, you got to say something. <laughs> no, I <laughs> think that... You got to glean into the homerism <laughs> too. You can't live me on the island of being the one bragging here.
1: No, I think like it was just a tell of the series. Like, CB3 scored four points one game and we missed all of our open shots from game one to like four. So yeah. the tell of the series was if we hit some open threes and CB three doesn't, uh, doesn't go what, like two for 12, then yeah, we're probably going to win the series even without book. Our yeah. role players and our bench were playing so bad. It was literally like, Hey, we hit a couple threes and we'd not shoot 19% from three. I think we will be fine. And once we kind of went back to the mean three point shooting wise, It was just a lot more comfortable, and the team got a lot more confident once we started making our shots. I mean, Jay Crowder still didn't really hit any, but... (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. this is a
0: bizarre box score game. If you just look at all the categories, like, the teams were even. Like, just every (laughs) single thing you look at, shooting percentage was a little bit in the Suns' favor, but threes, free throws, fouls, assists, rebounds, almost every single thing was even. And obviously, it's a close game, so that makes sense, but it didn't... Every other game, it felt like either the Pelicans were, you know, controlling rebounding or controlling free throws, or in some games, the Suns were way down there in turnovers and the Pelicans were coughing the ball up. This game was just exactly what I kept saying during, I mean, you and I did the game recap after game three when everybody's, you know, brain was was breaking. (laughs) Yeah. And like after that one, it was like, if the team just plays like the freaking Suns we've been seeing, they'll win. And tonight it was just like, yeah, the better team, the better team just wins. And and you know it it, it went six. It was competitive, but I think that's that's kind of how I come away thinking. But with Booker, do you feel okay about him? Like if game one's Monday, whatever the opponent is, it doesn't really matter. If as it just it relates to Booker, do you feel like he'll be? still hampered based on what we saw tonight do you feel like the extra four days of rest between now and then he'll look more like himself I kind of lean toward it's still going to be a bit before it's like the guy who scored 31 in that first half
1: I think by I think he just didn't test his body enough I think today like he tested it enough to know like know what he can do like not bursting wise, but he knows he can hold up chasing somebody down on defense. That last possession when Brendan Ingram literally searched him out <laughs> for the ISO and tried to get a bucket on him and he stayed in front of him. Like, I think that just does confident like does well for confidence yeah. on a hamstring. Like knowing you can stay in front of like their main bucket getter and get a stop in like one of the biggest possessions of the game. I think now that he knows he can do stuff like that, he's gonna start wrapping it up and knowing his body a little yeah. bit more. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and that's where the rest and everything else it's like this was a little bit of a trial run now it's like he can just spend the next four days just going all out getting his you know just the soreness the the cardio the the you know burst stuff that you're talking about I, I think that will be better I guess I just maybe I have to see it to believe it but let's close out the the pod with some general thoughts on this game but especially the series as a whole how do we come out of it feeling about the suns a guy like Jay Crowder who uh, it still is cold, and, and the team overall, you know, they, they made some shots when they needed to. Is it enough? What does the opponent kind of look like? We, we aren't quite at the end of this Mavs jazz game, so we won't have a full story there. We wanted to get <laughs> you the pod right after the Suns game yeah. as much as we could, so we'll see. But uh, let's do that in a second. First of all, guys, today's show brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting stats and info all year long track the latest developments, including league analysis, they have podcasts, they have the latest news for you, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the baseball season. Bet online, your continued source for sports wagering info, from live betting to esports and beyond. I have series odds for you here. I believe they should have something posted. I'll go ahead and let you know on the NBA side. I know I do this, and then I always say, like, I personally get scared of betting on the Suns, but I'm sure some of you like it. No, they don't actually have it. They have Bucks Celtics, though. Bucks are plus 185. I think that series will actually be close. I think a lot of it's going to hinge on Chris Middleton. But track the NBA stuff at Bet Online all playoffs long. They've had Kyrie next team odds. They've had series odds, game odds, everything you need. So head to that website. That's betonline.net. Or use your mobile device to learn more about the latest trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, we waited too long, Aaron. We got to talk about these, <laughs> uh, these Jay Crowder shirts. So. I tried to track it. Like I said, I was in the car as the game was about to start and as it was starting. But from what I gather, two fans come into the arena with these things. Willie Green goes, they ask to shake his hand or something? Or not Willie. Oh, it was Jarrett uh, Jarrett Jack. Jack. Jarrett Jack. And he says no. Somehow he gets the shirts from them. And then Booker takes them to the back. I'm sure the whole team laughs at them. Then they wear them post-game. The part I'm missing is why did these people declothe in front of Jarrett Jack? What 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 am I missing right there? That's the part that I'm I'm losing.
1: So a friend of mine, Patrick Brain, we all played uh, basketball together every Sunday. He's a photographer uh, photographer for the Suns, and he said he was right there. And I guess the fan wanted to shake his hand, and then he was like, "I'm not going to shake your hand while you're wearing that shirt." And I guess the fans said, I make money, more money than you. And I have eight of these. <laughs> and that's what he said. And Like that's it's how expensive Book- to make a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. like- and that's how Booker found it. He was like, uh, he said in his interview, he was like, I thought they only had two, but I go over there and see it under the chair. And they had like eight of them. So he took two. <laughs> and that's how he ended up with them because the fan said that he had a bunch. And it just kind of snowballed from there from what Patrick said. <laughs> Shout out to Patrick Briggs, by the way. That's all insane.
0: Uh, I didn't know know New Orleans was like that, especially to one of their own. Like, Jared Jack played there. And they're like, well, all right, okay. Glad the series is over. Glad that was the last game there because they've been nothing but... uh, Can I just say, too, we're thinking about the series. Um, I'll repeat myself on the note of the J. Crowder shirts. They say F.J. Crowder, just for everybody who missed it. Um... (laughs) They their start out one thing the sun's social account posted these as like yes. it said like always looking for uh motivation or whatever and i'm like okay i guess the the account managers are a little tired of pelicans fans too yeah. um i will also say please send if you have if you happen this dude's so rich he's he's printing these things i guess by the millions so if you found more please send them to us or if they're going more,
1: please send them to us. It's gonna yeah. be I'm calling it now, it's gonna be the new Suns and Four. There are gonna be oh, yeah. so many on Monday. Whoever we play, it's gonna be the new thing now. It's and Crowder's gonna lean into it. I can feel it in my bones. Like it's gonna be purple and orange ones surrounding yeah. the stadium. Like I think it's already He already a thing.
0: has a clothing company. So <laughs> yeah. he should just if he's a, a businessman worth his his uh, weight and gold, he would absolutely uh, have them on his shop tomorrow. Um, also, shouts to Jay Crowder because he uses Shopify and they're a sponsor of the show. But um, <laughs> what I was going to say on the note of takeaways from this series is Pelicans fans... For, okay, I'll just say this team was way more physical than I was anticipating. And Pelicans fans need to get, uh, get straight in their head if that's going to be the identity of this team that... The fouls, the physicality, the ref situation, all of that stuff, they are bringing that into these games. Because I did a preview of Game 5, and I said, the Suns need to be ready, D- just hit first. That was Monty's whole yeah. game, <laughs> all, all series, right? And I was like, the Suns need to just be ready. If If they hit first, and they box out, and they're being physical, and they're matching everything the Pelicans brought... They need to be okay with the fact that maybe it's going to be a technical. Maybe it's going to be a flagrant because that's been just the tone that's set. And all of these Pelicans fans in, on, in my Twitter mentions, in the YouTube comments, are like, you're advocating for a, fa- a flagrant foul? <laughs> and then CJ McCollum comes out and does what he does. Herb Jones is pushing guys to the ground. Jackson Hayes is trying to... Uh, in, I don't know what his goal was with Jay Crowder on that one. And it's like, own up to the fact that your team is this it's, way it's, your, yeah. it's an
1: advantage
0: it's not a bad thing like it i'm tired of <laughs> it i'm glad it's
1: over yeah they were so physical and i'm just like they were always just going to get more free throws because they had the bodies and they had more dudes that played that way so that was always going to be a thing but it was just they were just hitting us first On rebounds, just extending arms on rebounds. That first game, they let Valanciunas do a lot of stuff. Like it's still on my DVR. Like it was a lot of stuff they let fly that first one, and that was kind of just what. Like that was what I came out with during the series. Is like the grand scheme of it was Willie Green had game six adjustments by game two. Like he knew this team already. So I think that was what made the series so hard. And is probably going to make it harder than a usual round one series. Is He knew this team. He knew the players. He knew everything. So he got to do early adjustments for our second option, for our third option by game two. And that's going to be hard for anybody. He just knew this team so well. was, And it was just going to come down to us just being better. Like we were just going to have to execute yeah. and just be the better team at the end of the day, because he knew all of our options already. And you just had to go out there and get a bucket at some point.
0: Yeah. And he had said, you know, if you were listening to some of his stuff early in the series, he was like, and I think this helped the team. They were desperate from like early March, like the all-star break on, they've been having (laughs) the mentality. So I'm sure when he's coming at them with like, try this, we're going to just, you know, throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. And like, you know, Jackson, you know, shove somebody to the ground or like run out and transition a bunch or, you know, Alvarado, like, I'm going to play you 15 to 20 minutes and I want you to be, you know, a crazy person for that entire time. Like some of that's how they've already been playing, but I think that yeah. intensity level, it was natural to them. Cause it's like, they've had their backs against the walls. And I think it was a good test for the suns. Like all things considered, I know that's a very, like, what a great tune up. That's like, yeah. <laughs> kind of obnoxious. I'm sure there's <laughs> Pelicans fans watching. Oh, well, seriously, but, um, <laughs> The thing that's interesting, though, to me is like whether it's Dallas or Utah and Dallas is coming back as we're talking, they might win this game and, and it might be over now. But <laughs> Dallas is small, so they're not really the same type of team. And Utah's soft. I, I'm totally OK saying that. <laughs> so it's not going to be like this. It's going to be a different sort of team. It's not to say that they don't didn't learn lessons that might come in in handy, because I think in the third round, if they get there you know memphis minnesota and golden state are all pretty physical teams that are going to demand that level of intensity out of them but um is there anything that happened in terms of like the cold shooting or booker's injury or the rotation like is there anything that worries you going forward or that you feel better about i think it was like survive without booker and i don't i personally don't feel a ton different but what about you
1: no, it was like I kind of once even before book went down, I just didn't realize like how long Pelicans were, <laughs> and like that's yeah. just been a trouble, like trouble for us ever since. I think we played, and this is like thinking way later, but we played Boston like in November and they were just long. It was even before yeah. they went on their run, and they yeah. like if you got the limbs and you can throw them at the Suns, it's just going to be tough for us in general. So once I realized yeah. how tall they were, and if Brandon Ingram was going to be engaged on defense, which he was then it was just going to be tough. But both these teams, they're small. They're, they are small. And Booker's going to be comfortable. He's not going to have an all-defensive player in front of him in either one of these series. And Ayton's not going to have just the biggest, strongest body banging against them for six games this time. Like, that was just a lot for him. And I think our bigs are going to get a lot more space and be able to run a lot better without having to run into Valachunas, who is just really good. He's a big body, and he's really strong.
0: I think what it was for me with the Pelicans is, I didn't realize that their rookies had so much trust from Willie, yeah. and that they were going to play. Like, beca- to your point, like, with the the size and whatnot, it's like, if you would have told me, and, and part of this, like, I'll, I'm able to admit, like, I'm not sitting here watching Pelicans games all the time. So, like, I didn't... I didn't realize that a guy like Trey Murphy was getting as much run as he was. I didn't I knew Herb Jones had broken out, but like to do it in a playoff situation against that the Suns backcourt, like I didn't think yeah. he was necessarily <laughs> capable of that. So like some of it was a little bit of a surprise. Those guys stepped up and it's a tip of the hat to them for doing that. And that allowed them to match up with the Suns better. If you, you know, if if you're not getting playable minutes from Alvarado or Murphy and you're having to play like Tony Snell and Devontae Graham. I think that that's, you know, way way easier for the Suns to take advantage of and it just ended up that Willie got more out of those guys than anyone expected all through the, you know, second half of the season into now and and they they made it a series for sure but if it's Dallas, I I feel like it's going to be Dallas. They just opened the third quarter on a 20 to 9 run. Um, whether brilliant. they win tonight or not, it feels <laughs> like I think Dallas is the better team. I don't know, we'll see. Um I don't think there's a lot of new things to say about Utah as part of why I'm asking the question this way. <laughs> initial thoughts on the Mavericks, though, because I'm only going to have one day to preview, the, to preview the series if game one's on Monday, so I'll, I'll dive in then. But what's your kind of initial impressions? They're playing super small. Luka seems really healthy and good to go now. They shoot a bunch of
1: threes. Is it is it a matchup you worry about? No, just with the Aiton that we have now, I think that any team that we we're just amazing on pick and roll and any team that has a bad matchup with eight. Now, especially Valanciunas is a good defender. I think anybody else they throw at him, he's just going to just see open space. Like I just think the way Aiton's playing books going to be back in form at some point by game two or three and Chris Paul, like I think he's just going to come out way more aggressive now. And, they just don't have the limbs. I just think it's going to be a lot easier. Bridges is going to be a lot more comfortable. Like uh, Brunson is really good and he's quick, but I just don't think that they just have the bodies like, and Jason Kidd just doesn't know us like Willie Green knew us. I just don't think he can pull off what they did. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I I think one thing Mavericks-wise that the Suns did get a little bit of reps on, not that it's too different than how they played all season, but – just the amount of switching they were doing defensively, in this in this series, I think it's gonna be. I mean, both teams. It's just gonna be switch everything in yeah. that in that second round because Dallas. That's that's basically how they're playing anyway. Already they're playing so small, and the Suns are comfortable doing that. So you know, I think it's easy to think like, okay, who guards Luca? And well, yeah. that's interesting, but it's gonna be everybody who guards Luca. So it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting series. It's gonna be a yeah. way different series, I way think, harder series. Yeah. I think.
1: I also think just having such a gritty series the first game, like this isn't a gritty series that they're playing right now. Like it's not a down in the dirt, rough, and just like it was physical and grimy and recall Utah it's, soft.
0: You can yeah, see it too, But like, it
1: was like at some point, like you could tell that they legit didn't like each other. They got in each other's yeah. stuff, and it was really playoffish, like old school playoffish at some point. And this series isn't that. And I just think getting taken to the fire, especially with that as bad at our bench played and like our role players were playing, I just think that really helps to start off with and to like really catapult you later in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Great just to see it being closed out on the road. Great to see Chris Paul do what he did and remind us he's capable of it. New levels, obviously, for Bridges and Aiton than they were at last year in the playoffs. I mean, they're not only handling more minutes, but they're just doing stuff they weren't doing. So have to feel very, very good about the Suns. We will... See what this opponent ends up being, whether it is Dallas or Utah. Game one is Monday, so I will talk to you guys on Monday. Preview the series, preview game one, all that good stuff. Go support Aaron. Watch All Caps NBA every single week on the Take Line YouTube channel. And enjoy the weekend, guys. Enjoy the the chugging that you are all, I'm sure, doing. Feel free to take Friday off. Tell your boss (laughs) that uh, the host of your favorite podcast said you were allowed to. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Now go make Locked on NBA your second listen to catch up on everything going on around the league here on Thursday night.